This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, as always, presented by our boys over at Scentlock. I am joined today by a special guest, by a friend of mine. We're here at ATA show. It is the night before opening morning, so we're excited to spend ATA with you. Um, but I've got a fellow Scentlock wearer, a friend of mine, and uh, we both have a deep love for Scentlock. But I'm with Matt Jennings from The Game, and we talk about his incredible season that he's had this year with killing over 1,200 inches of antler. And uh, we dive into some pretty deep stuff about Mexico and, and how we as a hunting community and as a country in general take advantage for a lot of the stuff we have as sportsmen and as Americans. Guys, it's an absolute uh, awesome episode, so make sure and tune in. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, so Matt... Where'd your season start at this year? Started 4T Outfitters, Minnesota, Bear Camp, where it always does with my boy Tony D. And uh, it was a good time as always. Is that where you posted that stupid picture on the plane and said that you uh, were looking like me wearing your bear vest? And- I could never look as good as you. <laughs> I can't pull off the white egghead as good. They call me Chrome Dome in the streets. <laughs> That's what they've been calling me. <laughs> it's the first it ever deer season I've had to paint my head. I can tell you that. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Blend in ninja mode. No, I told, uh, I had Eichler on the podcast not too long ago, and he said, as soon he as he still hunt? No. <laughs> no. As soon as he opened the, the, the video call, he said, what the heck happened to your hair? <laughs> and I said, well, I'd like to tell you it's because it looks good, but I said, Fred, you know, listen, dude, uh. I'm a serious hunter, man, and hair holds all your scent. And so that is true. I shaved my head, and so at the end of the podcast, he said, listen, I think I'm going to have to do that, but do you have to just shave your head or your whole body? Like, does everything got to go? I'm like, Full body everything. Wax. Full wax. Everything. And then Michelle pops in the screen and says, I'm not shaving nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was funny. funny. Bear camp. You killed a bear. Yep. I didn't even see pictures of it. We was in a rush, didn't have no service. I, I did post one or two pics of it, and uh, it was a good bear. And killed it, I think, on the second day, maybe. Color phase, black? No, it was a black bear. Big old bear? Six four. Pope and Young. Jeez. 
You didn't even share it with me. I ain't talked to you. You've been busy. <laughs> I've been busy. Um. So this was, was this spring or fall? Fall, September. First bear hunt, or do you always bear hunt? I always bear hunt, usually every start of the year. Dude, I, I think it was my fourth year going up there to 40. I've absolutely um, got like this bear hunting addiction now. I don't know why. It's adrenaline rush. It's a different ball game, man. I mean, you know, you're sitting there and, you know, we're used to whitetail hunting and they're just awesome animals. But, man, a bear, you think you when you go bear hunting the first time, you think you can hear them, see them coming from a long no, ways. and not at all. That's totally not nowhere in the ballpark what it is like. First bear I ever seen was a big giant sow with four cubs, and they come through there. And when I first seen them, I was like, "Is what is that?" It just looked like a black mist. <laughs> Never heard them, and just looked like a little choo choo train coming down through there. It was crazy. Yeah. I uh, I took my wife on a bear hunt in Maine. Have you ever been to Maine? Never been to Maine. Ain't lost nothing in Maine. Probably ain't going to Maine. Dude, the uh, it's the thickest woods I've ever been to. Like, I've never seen woods that thick in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so I get her up there, and we're hunting in, in a ground blind, and every single twig, twig leave, anything, she's, she is scared to death. And I said, sweetheart, listen, I'm telling you, if you hear it, it's probably not a bear. And and she didn't believe me. She's like, whatever. And uh, But, dude, like little chipmunks would run underneath the blind and scare the mess out of her. Yes, yeah, worse. And I'm like, sweetheart, if you hear it, it's not a bear. And... Uh, like she, she just couldn't wrap her mind around that. She couldn't understand a two hundred and fifty pound animal walking through the woods, and you're not going to hear it. Silent. And uh, but that was when the bear hunting addiction started, because it's like you're just sitting there, and then all of a sudden, poof, bear. Oh yeah, you'll be looking to the right, and you'll be looking at the same spot for ten hours. And I've done it numerous times, and you turn your head for a split second, turn your head back to where you've been looking all day, and there that joker stands. I mean, they, they just come out of nowhere. Um, the first bear I ever killed done that. I hand my, I was handing my field producer half of a, I think it was like a trail mix bar or something. I said, like, man, you better eat some of this before you pass out. We've been here all day. We ain't eat nothing. Hand it to him, look back. There is our target bear standing there. And I'm like, <laughs> well, let me get done chewing my protein bar here. And we'll get to work. You know, give me, give me one second. He came in because he smelled the protein bar. Very possible. I don't know, man. He pushed the nuts to the side and went straight to the licorice. Really? Yeah. Dude, that's the that's part of the cool thing about bears too is uh they're picky eaters. Yeah, just the uh like the the sweet tooth they have. Like it's it's, it's cool. Nuts. Like dude, I've watched bears uh where my buddy hunts down in Oklahoma, they'll soak these just take off strips of towels, soak them in maple syrup and hang them from the the limbs. And I've seen bears sure. just suck that whole towel into their mouth, suck on it and spit the towel out. Yeah. It's just, they're cool to watch, man. Um, but we're not here to talk about bear hunting. We're here to talk about the incredible deer season you had. I've had a blessed year, man. I, I mean, it's been one for the books, no doubt. We ain't, done, we ain't done yet. We got a few more up our sleeve, but we've had a heck of a year. And me and all my guys, man, I mean, I couldn't have done it without them. I mean, they, they hung with me, and I pushed it to the absolute limit. And we come out on top like we usually do, and we just had a blessed year and everything. We had to work for it. It wasn't give to us. We grinded it out, but we ended up doing what we went after. Yeah, we uh, we were just talking prior to coming on the show, which, you know, th- these are the kind of things that maybe I should wait to talk about until we get on the podcast, but um, <laughs> we were doing some basic math, and we're like 1,300 inches of bone, 1,200 inches of bone, which is incredible. 
Especially since you only killed two deer. Like, that's just great. No, I'm <laughs> I just kidding. Now, I ain't marked jury by no means. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting there. But, I mean, um, and it was just, I still look back and be like, dang, did that really happen? Yeah. You know? No, first first deer hunt. Where'd you start deer hunting at? We started out in the bluegrass state up at Whitetail Project um, with my boy Alex Davison and all their guys. And we went after one deer, and I knew the the... The deer we went after was an absolute mega giant. I nicknamed him Frank Matthews, and uh, <laughs> he was just man. I think he had twenty two, twenty three scoreable points. And I've seen this deer. I think we had twelve encounters with him, and had him within spitting distance several times with either no camera light or I couldn't see through my peep. It was always something with this deer. Like he was, he was OG man. He was smart. He was the king of the. He was the king of the castle, what no doubt. And that's why I can't be a, a TV hunter because, dude, I don't care about camera light. Well, at one point, I didn't. And I looked back one evening, and I can see that Joker jumping the fence and working a mock scrape that I made. And just, I can see him right now. And by the time he got to me, he kind of sparred with the buck for a minute. And like, it's dark. I mean, it's, it's, it's at the, the breaking point of it. And I kind of look back at my my producer jason and he was like i'm good and i'm like bro ain't no way <laughs> you know and yeah. he's got this sucker jacked up to fifty thousand eyes so but he'd been with me on every set yeah so i mean he knew the emotion going in that hunt he wanted that deer just as bad as i did and still does and uh so you haven't killed him well we hunt i've hunted this deer all throughout the year when we had time like i said had numerous encounters with him and went back right before christmas the sun gun daylighted, just boom, 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 hitting the big and J, doing what he was supposed to do, getting buffed back up, you know, from the rut. And we get back up there. I hunted him, I think, two days. Seen him, had him at 30 yards behind us, just just in a blowdown running doe. It was the second rut. And the third day, sitting there, doe comes in, look to the left, he's coming down the field. I'm like, he's dead. And I've said this in my head a hundred times, you know, he's dead. Yeah. And he's coming in, little buck jumps over and uh does his thing. In between us, he sees him, you know, he shows his dominance, he runs the other buck off, jumps the fence, and he vanishes for the evening. Well, we're sitting there that night in the living room, you know, talking about, you know, we're gonna kill him tomorrow's the day. You know, it's weather's setting up perfect, everything's right, the trap's set, you know, we've done everything we can do. We just need him to mess up. And he yeah. has not like I give it to him. He's not messed up. And I'm like, tomorrow, you know, tomorrow it's going down. At 930 that night, I look at my Moultrie mobile camera. And he's there. And he's standing there, and he had lost his right side of his rack. Oh, my God. And that was the biggest kick. Wait, what day was this? It was decent. It was like right to a week before Christmas. A week before Christmas. Like, just, just so, randomly. Just so everybody knows, we do have an audience here. We've yeah. Been, I've never yeah. done a live podcast. Like, a live audience podcast pretty cool. Yep. We have 600 people in the room. Yep, no doubt. And they're all wild. <laughs> it's kind of like Spring Break 99. Yeah. It's getting pretty intense. But, man, that sun gun helmet. You know, he lost his right. Or lost his right side. And, and that literally, after the year I've had, that was the one year I wanted the most. Yeah. Not because what we had emotionally tied to this deer but like he become my best friend and it just wasn't meant to be and i've learned it don't matter what you do 
how hard you work, you know, sometimes it just, life ain't fair to you. And on that occasion, wasn't any cards for us, you know. Now, I was actually just at dinner with some guys. And credit, they're all Western guys. Like, that's what they primarily hunt is, is out West. You know, they're all on the on the West Coast. And they were they were asking me that. They're like, so what's the... What's the addiction with deer? He's like, I don't, I don't get. What it. ain't the addiction? With that's deer? that's what I'm saying, dude. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, and you know, you hear these guys and like, dude, I went and sat in a tree stand for four days and I wanted to blow my brains out. And I'm like, you're <laughs> missing the picture, dude. Like, yeah, it ain't that. And it's what I was trying to tell him is, listen, I understand the appeal of getting out of your truck in Wyoming and saying, all right, we've got seven days to kill an elk. Like, that's fun. I get it. But to have three, four, five years invested into one buck. You know that buck. You watched him. He becomes a family member. You literally watched him with spots. Yeah. And now you've chased him for four years, five years. He's outsmarted you. Like, you've had so many encounters with this same buck. Like, you have so much history. What's not the appeal? You know what I mean? I mean, 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 literally, it didn't matter what state I was in, what I was doing, that deer consumed me. Yeah. Like, if battered, like. How big was the deer, do you think? Mid-80s. God. He was a giant. Dang. No, like I was He talking. would have been the biggest deer of my career, my life. I meant dream deer all day long. Had this yeah. double. I meant perfect. If you could, if a deer hunter could build a rack, it would be that. Well, and I, like I was telling him, I'm like, guys, and it's exactly what you just said. I'm like, I'm like, guys, I've been so invested in a single deer before that, like, my kids know the name of the deer. And they, like, mm-hmm. when I come home, they're like, Dad, you see him? And I'm like, uh-huh. no, not tonight. Like, well, see, I mean, that's the thing, though. I meant, you know, up at Whitetail Projects with my guys, I meant, I could have, I mean, I let numerous 140s walk, some probably pushing 50s, went and hunted another near, another deer we nicknamed Major, and I mean, he's a, he's a hoss. I mean, any any hunter would shoot that deer any day of the week. Yeah. I would shoot that deer any day of the week. Had besides, you not known. If I, if I just wasn't attached to that deer, and I just, you know, I mean, I knew what the task was, you know, the mission was, and it was either... We was going to win or we was going to die. So I wasn't taking, you know. I've had this this conversation with a couple people. I don't know that I've ever had it with you, but do you think that trail cameras have ruined part of your joy of hunting? Absolutely not. I See, I disagree. Why? Because exactly what you just said. I would have shot that deer all day had I not known that buck was there. And so, you know, part of me, it's like, this year in Kansas, for instance, I showed you the deer I was chasing, you know, Giant. 165 maybe-ish. Hammer. And you hunt all year long for this deer, and then it's like, man, I passed so many deer that I would have loved to have killed. Mm-hmm. But knowing that he was there, I didn't kill him. Yep. And so if I didn't have a trail camera, I didn't know he was there, I would have had a lot more f- peace, just a lot more more fun, more freedom, more... Now, don't get me wrong, dude. Like, on my well-managed properties, of course, you have to have trail cameras. Yeah. But, like, when I go back home to Arkansas, my dad's like, let's just go out and hunt. Like, that's oh, yeah. just so fun to just, like, not worry no about. I don't know what deer are out here. Yep. I don't know what I'm going to see. And if I see something that gets me excited, I'm going to shoot it because I'm not holding out for anything. You know for what sure. I mean? Well, it's like uh, this old fella told me. He's kind of like my papa, Russ Comer. Used to. He, used, he, was, he hunted with me everywhere I went. And, uh. He told me one day, son, he said, one day, them 120s and 130s just won't Appeal. cut it or yeah. won't, won't, won't get you to work or That's make right. you feel that way. Yeah. And then he said, there'll come a time when them 140s and 150s won't get you jacked. And he said, then it'll come a time them 
you know, 160s, they won't, they'll still get you hyped, but you want to go to a camp. When you go to the camp, you'll say, I want to hunt the oldest, biggest, smartest deer you got. And when you take that challenge on, you know, at the end of the day, I'm either going to kill this deer or I'm going to die trying 1% or I'm going to go home with a tag sandwich. But if you kill that deer, guess what? You the man because you just beat yeah. the man. You did something nobody else has done. And I mean, the bad thing about it was, I mean, you know, I'm talking about this deer, Frank Matthews. I mean, the property we was hunting, we, we could, we wasn't flexible on it. Right. Like we was, we was, you know, hand tied, you know, we couldn't really, you know, move on the deer. And if I could have got to where I wanted to go, I feel like I'd have had a, a, sh- a better opportunity at him in daylight. And, uh, I mean, the neighbor was in the wheelhouse. I don't see how the neighbor did not kill the deer. Honestly, I do not. And I mean, one of Alex's Is good neighbor, buddies. Do you know the neighbor's a hunter? Oh yeah, ain't no doubt. And uh, Alex's neighbor, he's got the probably three hundred yards, give or take, from there, a cornfield, cut cornfield. Now, yeah, never seen this deer. Been running cameras all year long. He's got a big eight. I've let walk a hundred times at five yards. Yeah, they ain't got a clue. This mega giant's running around. Like I'm in his bedroom. And I'm just like, well, you know, yeah, it don't make no sense. But and when we're hunting this deer, man, we're we're having to beat up, you know, on a on a slow night, forty deer out of a cedar tree, you know, twelve, fourteen foot up, and we're having to beat all these deer three sixty around us to get to him, right? And we was doing it consecutively. Yeah, I mean, it was. I had one guy ask me, and the reason I ask is if you know that they hunt. If you know a neighboring landowner hunts, <clears throat> does that change the way that you hunt? And if so, how? Like, I know, for instance, like one particular property that I am thinking of in my in Kansas of mine, and it does change the way I hunt. But um, I've got that question several times because a it can hurt you and it can help you. I mean. It, well, depending on who your neighbor is. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's what, like, I tell people all the time. I'm like, you hear these guys talk about letting deer grow and getting bigger deer. But if you have 40 acres and every landowner around you hunts and they don't have a conservation mindset, good luck. Yep. 100%. Like, so um, does that change the way that you pursued this deer, knowing that those guys are hunting him as well? Or, or uh, you know, trying to hunt him? Man, you know, honestly, I think... <sighs> I think this was my Fred Bear tip on the, one of the first podcasts we done. When you go to hunt a big deer like that, you start second guessing yourself about everything. About everything, and if, it you, sucks. If, if you got a one thirty, one forty on camera, you throw your nuts on the table, you go kill him. Yeah, no doubt about it. You don't second guess yourself. But as soon as you get that buck fifty, buck sixty, buck seventy on camera, guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna call your buddies. You're gonna call your grandpa. You're gonna call your mama. Hey, what, you know what do you think I ought to do? Yeah. And and you screw yourself. Yeah. Because at, I mean, you start second guessing yourself because you you learn or you lose your train of thought and you quit going when you're good. My opinion. Yeah. And like honestly, you overthink. I mean, it, it was. I mean, we went no holes bar on it. I mean, we went. I mean, we went in as deep. Like, I mean, we was going in, man, at 3 o'clock in the morning. They would, guys from up there would drive us in, throw chum out. While they was doing that, we'd shoot up in the tree. And, man, by the time they got outside, they was there. Yeah. I mean, they was on us. And they was one morning, man, we were so close. I just 
He What's the closest right. you got to the deer? <laughs> Five yards. Oh, Numerous times. With I had that deer at 10 yards for 48 minutes after camera light one night. God. Sat there and looked at my sat there and looked at him through my knocks. And you could see to shoot. Yeah. Dude, screw the camera. Can't miss my job. No. No. <laughs> there was one time that now I will say the redneck come out in me one time. I I tried to kill that deer. But at the end of the day, it wouldn't do my guys right. It would yeah. do the viewers right because we got such a storyline with this deer. Right. I mean There's history. What's the what's the point of wasting it, man? You know? Yeah. It's I just couldn't do it. Now, that was my problem. Somebody just asked me, one of the guys in the room, I don't remember who it was, asked me if I like podcasting. And that's, yeah. He was like, yeah. I don't have video. Because <laughs> um, I used to film a TV show. Um, it was on Mossy Oak Go. I used to film a show. And, dude, I'd be full drawing a deer and ask the cameraman, can you see him? And he'd say, nope. no. That's the worst feeling in the world. I just shoot anyways. I don't care. Um, and there were so What'd many. What'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> I yeah. missed that. <laughs> I didn't hear you, bro. Me speak no English. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. Like, there were so many times, like, I'd be calling producers and saying, like, I don't have any video for you. Like, we just, you just killed the deer. What do you mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Couldn't, camera guy couldn't get on him. And like, then why'd you shoot him? I'm like, because I'm a deer hunter. You need to get a better camera guy. Yeah. No, I, uh, there was another time, too, we were down in South Texas, and I get down on the ground, and I tell the cameraman, uh, tell me when you're ready. And I wait a few seconds. He doesn't say a word. He's, like, trying to get in on, on all these javelinas and... We're all laying down there in a row, and he hadn't said a word yet, and we just start. We dropped like 12 javelinas, and he said, I wasn't filming yet. And I said, dude, sorry, man. You're fired. When I'm shooting, man, it's time to shoot, you know? Oh, man. No, back to deer hunting. All right, so Kentucky, he's eluded you. We rolled to Texas 1st of October. Had a stellar hunt down there. My good buddy, Timmy, he invited me to come down. What part of Texas? Oh man, I couldn't tell you. South Texas, East Texas? No, it was uh it was North Texas. Gotcha. Close to the panhandle. Gotcha. Um bad drought out there this year. The deer Oh, it's I mean, been we, horrible. We dude. killed some I killed two good bucks out there. Or no. I killed three. yeah, two good bucks out there. I shot really one really big eight. Um we called him limp. He had Bob wire wrapped around his back left leg and man, it was just it looked like a it was just it's hard to describe, but he was he was wicked looking. Big chocolate rack deer. Yeah. Beautiful deer. And then I killed a good management eight. And I think we ended up shooting four or five does while we was out there and do some management for them and give some meat to the Feed the Hungry program out there. And had a good time. And it was it was kind of like a, a relaxing period because Texas, if you ever hunted Texas, man, it's a redneck's paradise. You just go out there. Texas is my whack. favorite place to hunt oh, yeah, by dude. far. Well, you just whack them and stack them. And yeah. when you shoot one, you load up another and... And keep on rolling. Hogs, javelinas, rattlesnakes. It's crazy. It's fun, dude. It's crazy. And a bunch of old... Uh, did I ever tell about the time I took Alec down to Texas? Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't know if you did or not. Did you? That was a blast, dude. So I know I didn't get invited. I'm yeah. kind of butthurt about that. But so. Yeah. I mean, hey. Um, <laughs> no, we went down to Texas, and there was a whole, a whole group of us, and we drove down there, and I think we stopped at every Whataburger on the way, but... Uh, sounds about like Alec. Yeah. We get down there and dude, he was dead set on killing whitetail. And uh, we had act, we had uh, access access to hunt access. 
um, free range axis. And so we're like, yeah, dude, I want to hunt axis. And so really my focus immediately turned to axis. But Alec was dead set on a big Texas whitetail. And so he's hunting and he's sending us pictures of giant axes. And we're like, dude, shoot it. And he's like, no. No, I ain't doing it. Oh, God. And I'm like, no, Alec, what are you doing? But anyways, so he shoots this whitetail and it was early January. Shoots this whitetail, texts all of us. There's probably five of us there. Texts all of us and he says, hey, I just shot one. So we get done hunting. We all meet over there where he's hunting and uh, we start tracking this deer. And while we're tracking it, we find an antler on the ground. We're like, oh, dude, a shed. That's cool. Pick it up. (laughs) Keep going. And, uh, yards later find another shed i'm like oh that's a matching set that's cool rattling and we walk up on this deer and it doesn't have any antlers and and alex says i swear that was a buck when i shot it (laughs) (laughs) don't find me it dropped both of its antlers on the way wow so in 40 yards both antlers gone lucky joker it was cool um that's a good story so what what was the what was the biggest deer in texas what was that bigger one probably mid 40s so where'd you go so you started in kentucky Mm -hmm. went to texas then where we ended up going to uh, Oklahoma. Had a little lease out there. Me and one of my buddies, sixty-eight acres. Never stepped foot on it. Never looked at it. That's another state that's a sleeper state, dude. No doubt, Oklahoma's a hammer. Dude, I've, I've been blessed to hunt out it's there. Good hunt. One other time, I hunt out there late season and uh, whacked them and stacked them back then. And We're still trying to find a lease down yeah. south. It's, it's hard Oklahoma. to come. It's hard to come across down days, man. Yeah. Man. But we ended up. One of my buddies he hooked me up with it and. Uh, it was a blessing in disguise because my place in Illinois, right at last minute, I lost it. And I wasn't even planning on going to Oklahoma. And after all that happened, the property I was going to hunt in Illinois, it got sold. And uh, so we ended up jetting out there. Took us a handful of Millennium Lock-On, some ground blinds, you know, and some multi cell cameras. And we hunted one property one morning and uh, seen a really good buck. But it just, I was in my gut, I was like, man, you know, it, it was, I think, November the 8th, 6th, 7th when we got out there. I was like, man, more than likely they're about to go in lockdown. Yeah. And so it was just, I just didn't, I wasn't feeling it. It was too open. So we ended up going to this other piece that we ended up getting access to. And, uh, man, it was just, man, it was just, it was awesome. Like, when I seen it, like, I got butterflies. I was like, yep, rock and roll, baby. And I walked on it, got on my my Moultrie app and looked at a map and I found one one uh, bend in the creek and I walked to it man they was just the most gnarliest trail there and there was one draw on that whole property it was right there and my producer Jason looks at me he said well what's your superpower or superpowers telling you and I said that tree right there and we hung two lock-ons in it probably 12 foot up three days later I killed the biggest deer of my life really but then when you, you killed- watch that episode You'll have anxiety attack. You'll cry a little bit. You'll laugh. Poop a little. You, you, you shit all over yourself. <laughs> now you killed, but you'll then, poop all over yourself for sure. But then you killed another. You killed a you top that one, didn't you? No, he was. He was. I thought your Kansas deer was the big. I know Kansas was a stud, but Oklahoma was the biggest one. Really? Yeah. So what did he score? One seventy six. God. Twelve point. Jeez. Now that's you say that Southern Oklahoma or Panhandle. It was right. Mm, Blackwell, probably. Oh, I know right where Blackwell's at. Yeah. I didn't know you were in Blackwell. You were literally 12 minutes from my house. I wish I knew that. Save me a hotel bill. You, I def, definitely could have. Next time you're hunting in Blackwell, tell me. Yep. You can be to my house in 20 minutes. Yep. That's where we was at. Yeah, I'm only, I'm about 12 miles from the Oklahoma border, so. Okay. 
So you're out so, there on the mist of Kansas and Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that property that I was sending you pictures of and uh, that I just got access to and was yep. trying to figure out how to hunt, the southern border of that property is Oklahoma. Oh, okay. So, like, if I sit on the southern border of that property. So you got best of both worlds. Yeah, 100%. Wow. Um, which I actually, the places, I, I don't have anywhere near me in Oklahoma to hunt. I actually travel a few hours in Oklahoma, Pawhuska area. Man, you um, juice right there, brother. Dude, it's that's what I love about Kansas because not only, I mean, big whitetails, but you've got mule deer, you've got antelope, you got a little bit of everything. Yeah, you can be to you can be to Oklahoma and like I said, ten minutes. Yep. I can be to Missouri in two hours. I can be to Colorado in six. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got all these states. I mean, it is the center of the U.S. So well, it's it's in the golden triangle, a hidden golden triangle, ain't no doubt. Yeah, I had no idea you're hunting Blackwell. Mm-hmm. I well, gotta, we just ended up there randomly. I've got a doghouse out back you can sleep in. <laughs> I hope it's XL. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, we got a lot of gear with us when it comes, so we'll need it. So this is now the fourth deer of the year, right? Do I know? That's the fourth deer of the year, right? Or is mm-hmm. this the third? Fourth. Fourth. And you killed like 27 or something like that? 42. No, I'm 42. Um, before we go on, let me give a quick thank you to my friends over at Alaskan Guide Creations. Uh, there are a few things that I wear all of the time, and one of those is my binocular harness. Whether I'm checking trail cameras, hunting, fishing, whatever, I've usually got binoculars on my chest, and I absolutely love my Alaskan Guide Creations. Go check them out, guys. Um, so you went from Oklahoma. Surely you went to Kansas from there, right? Dang, skimpy idea. Because you, you were a hop, skipping a jump away. Well, you going to ask me about the Oklahoma hunt? You got to, dude. It's too All right, tell me to. about it. So we get there. I thought since you said you got to watch the episode, I didn't wasn't going to get I know, but I really want to tell you about okay, it. Okay, all right, all right. So we get there. That way, don't have, that way they don't have to watch the Yeah, episode. they ain't got to worry about watching about it. it. They yeah. just go and hear about it. Because after they hear this, they'll be like, oh, I got to watch that. Yeah. You know. Or they'll think, I've already heard about it. I don't need to watch it. Yeah, probably either <laughs> or. We'll roll the dice on it. But yeah. we get there, man, it's hot. It's tough hunting. And we what get, time like, of year is this? Uh, November 6th. Seventh, eighth, ninth, ten. Oh yeah, I forgot we had that weird. It just got hot, man. Weirdly hot. Like we was in the tra- stand in the morning time, and it was dang seventy five degrees. Yeah. Like I was wearing my Saint Mark Savannah. Like it's hot. I remember. Like brutal hot, and then that big cold snap come. Yep. And that was like the thirteenth, twelfth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, and um, I'll never forget. We got in the stand that morning. It was seventy degrees, and I looked at my phone, and I was like, "Man, it's about to get stupid cold." And I just had to put a moultrie up the day before. And uh, my camera guy, he's a he's kind of a wuss when it comes to cold weather. So he had he needed some hot hands, you know. And uh, so we ended up getting down that morning at like ten o'clock. Go to Cabela's, get what we need, so forth, and uh, leave Cabela's. Actually, I just got done talking from Caleb um, from Barry for the first time in Cabela's. And uh, so you went from Blackwell to Cabela's. Mm-hmm. So you literally passed right by my house. Probably blew the horn, waved at you. You probably went at home. Man, dang, dude. <laughs> I knew I could like sense. Probably. So I'm like, I think Matt's near. Yeah, man. Just shoot up a flare gun. <laughs> I was there, son. And uh, but we went there, done that, leave Cabela's, look at my phone. There's a giant just standing in front of my camera. And I'm just like, well, boy, it's a showtime now, you know? Yeah. Cause that was a big cold front. Oh, it was it, it dropped from like seventy five to like 10. 20. Yeah, 10. yeah, it was. It was. I actually it was remember. Cold. I was on my way to my tree stand. The reason I know the dates is because I was on my way to my tree stand, and my boss called me. 
and he said, hey, I need this done. I need it today. And I said, dude, listen, I'm going to be 100% honest I with you. I ain't doing it. I said, there was a 50-degree drop in the last 24 hours. And 100%. he's like, say no more. And just hung up. Like, didn't even. <laughs> That's my kind of ball. Yeah. That's what I'm talking no about. No kidding. But, I mean, it went from 70 degrees first thing in the morning to the next morning. I mean, it was, you know, 10, 8 degrees. And right off the rip, we're seeing deer. See a mega giant that morning, like 10 o'clock. Comes right to me. And he stays behind this one tree. I couldn't get a shot at him. He ends up looping us at like 15 yards. Couldn't do nothing with him. So me and my camera guy, we swap stands. So I'm having deja vu from two years prior. I did the same thing in Illinois. I'm talking to the Radlin sequence, to my producer going, hey, we need to swap stands. You know, I'm like having flashbacks. And, I'm like, and it's to the date. That's what was creepy about it. Swap sets, sitting there, see deer all throughout the day. And like I said, now it's cold. And if I didn't have the BE-1 heated vest and the divergent suit, I don't think I'd have made it. Ain't yeah. no way. It got cold, dude. Ain't no way. And it was like super windy. Oh, yeah, like wind blowing 30. I remember because that very morning, so literally where I was hunting was probably eight miles from you. Really? Yeah. So I remember I'm glad that I didn't kill your deer. Yeah, dude, you probably did actually. <laughs> um, so I remember that morning because I was sitting with my recurve, huh. and I had a giant run out and stopped right in front of me, and he was twenty four yards away. And I just thought, like, man, it's just too windy to shoot that far with a recurve. Yeah, like I just didn't feel comfortable. I mean, because it was ripping through there. And you've seen that property, it makes a horseshoe. Yeah. Um, and the wind was just coming right through there. It's and I'm like, oh, man, dude. And so I actually didn't shoot the deer because of the wind. That's why I remember how windy it was. Yeah, it was It was tough. I mean, it, it literally tested physical and mental. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it was not easy. And after I seen that one big deer, I was like, we, we're not getting down. You know what can be crazy good, though, is at least in that area of the world I found – is on a day where it's 30, 40 mile hour winds, and then at you know 6 p.m., the wind stops, the deer go nuts. Oh, yeah, 100%. like sit, and that's what happens. So, guys, sit through the wind. Like, yeah, just I know out, sitting in a tree stand, like you feel like you're about to fall Getting out. Sandblasted. I mean, it's it's brutal, but I'll never forget. We were sitting there and we didn't swap sand, we've been seeing deer all day, and we send this one pretty good buck. and my producer sitting there like, man, this ain't no evening spot. This ain't no evening spot. And he's like, you know, we're discussing what trees to, to nick down. Because you're overthinking everything. Exactly. Or he is. I'm just up, up up there trying not to freeze to death. I guess about two hours before dark, I bust old Woodhaven out, and I just start. Actually, I got bored, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> I did. I got stir crazy. <laughs> And I give... Uh, That's when all the good deer hunting happens. I give Jason the... I think it's the woodsman from Woodhaven. It's kind of like a younger buck. I had the ninja, the intimidator. It's the best call you can buy. And, dude, I just started ripping this joker like it was no tomorrow and rattling. Every 15 minutes, I do like a 10 to 15 second, you know, deal of it. And me and him sitting there just shooting a bull and... I look up, and here comes this little buck. Walk comes in, works a mock scrape that I made with uh, some deception sense, like the date or the, when I hung the set two days prior. And uh, I kind of seen him get a little timid, and I'm like, well, 
Look behind him, a pretty good eight that was busted up. Comes behind him and works him off. He works a scrape. And I'm like, okay, you know. I can I can tell it. No. I can feel it. And I look behind him, and there's Big Dog from the morning, that morning that slipped me that's a mega giant. Like, I mean, yeah. he's bigger than the deer I killed in this biggest deer of my life. But You guys were hanging out at Cabela's, and there's – Yeah, that's, you know, it's yeah. one of them totally. things. And I'm sitting there looking at this deer, and he's rubbing trees. He's like he is putting on a show. Heart's about to come through my chest, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, if I was sitting in my stand and hadn't swapped, this joker's dead at 38 yards. But I can't. But since, you I'm South Paul, since I'm Southpaw, I can't. Which one of these shoot. guys was that? No, no, no. Oh, okay. We were about to throw something out. Yeah, yeah. We'll yell at him later. But okay. Which I'm glad it worked the way it did. Because we're sitting there, and I'm watching this deer, and I got one limb in my way. I cannot shoot. He's he's coming to the scrape. All of a sudden, I hear like a bulldozer coming in behind this burp, burp, snort wheezing. Just, Isn't that cool when you hear them? And, and the cool thing about it was we was in a lock-ons in the middle of hardwoods on yeah. the creek bottom. You don't see that much. No. You know, you see chokers hunting. And, and then you got guys big, saying, what's the addiction with deer hunting? Yeah, and you got – I mean, it's different when you're hunting in a box blind or ground blind. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's awesome too, but you're in the moment. Like, you're in his house. Yeah. And when that joker come up behind us, it sounded like a dang Mack truck. And I'll never forget, I was trying to, like, not look, but look, because the other deer was standing in front of us. And finally, I cut my eyes hard enough. I just seen, man, it just, he's like a bulldozer coming through their ears, pinned back, just all in his glory, just strutting his stuff, knowing he was the boss. And immediately, I said, forget about the deer across the creek. And I'm done at full draw. Like, it's going down. And this deer walks 25 yards to my right, bristled up, gets down to the creek, sidesteps to me. He's at 15 now, give or take. I'm still at full draw, about to fall out of this lock on. And there's one big old dead tree. You'll see it when you watch the episode. He stays because I'm just a little bit higher than my other stand. I can't shoot it. And I'm going, Mark. I've done marked it to sun gun twenty times. He he ain't having it. He goes down the creek, crosses the creek, just like the Red Sea to separate. So how long is this at full draw? Probably two minutes. <laughs> and like I'm about to break this bear slap into and I got needles going through my hands because it's so cold. Yeah. He crosses the creek. I let down snort whistle in my mouth. How far was he when he crossed the creek? Twenty yards. And I'm sitting there about like to bite my lip into, you know. Yeah. Across the creek with the bigger or the bigger rack buck across the creek, son, he tucks his tail and he turns around and he he hauls out. Like, he don't want none of it. And I'm like, huh. So I can tell the tempo of this deer or his attitude is soon and I watch him walk across this wood lot and as soon as he got about a hundred yards from me. I started grunting, snort wheezing with the Woodhaven, and I was beating them rattling horns so hard you could smell bone burning, and that's no exaggeration. <laughs> like, I about sprung my wrist. I was hitting them so hard. I beat them together for a little bit, or for, you know, X amount of seconds, and I stopped, and I'd hit them again real quick, and I'd stop, and I'd grunt, and there's no sweeter sound than your field producer saying, hey, get ready, here he comes. I called this joker all the way back across this woodlot. 
He stops in front of me at 35 yards on that mock scrape and works it for probably two, three minutes, head up in the tree. So how long has this played out from beginning Dude, to, to now? It felt, like a, it felt like a day. But honestly, hindsight, 15 minutes. Yeah. But it felt like an eternity. Like I'm still in awe about it. And I mean, he sits there and he works that mock scrape, head up in the licking branch, just throwing dirt, pawing. Yeah. And he comes across that creek. I draw that old bear back and I ripped him at 15 yards and he didn't go 10. Jeez. I had one of the best hunts. And I come unclued. I had one of the best hunts in Oklahoma this year as well. Um, I was hunting at uh, Liberty Ranch Outfitters and. He had told me when I got there, he's like, listen, the deer I want you to kill, he's like, he doesn't look like much antler-wise. Mm-hmm. He said, but he's eight-plus years old, and he's just a, a stud, tank, bully, like, good deer. it's going to be a cool deer. And I'm like, okay. And he said, he wants to fight everybody in the woods. And I thought, all right then. So I went into this thing. Ring the bell, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so it was 15 degrees. Ooh. I had left my boots at home. Oh God. So I was hunting in these little Crocs. tennis shoes here. No, I, was <laughs> I was hunting in my tennis shoes, which breathability is good, but not when it's 20. No doubt. Um, and so I sat all morning, freeze, sit all evening, freeze. And I had seen deer action, but not the one I was after. Yeah. And uh, and that morning, I just went into this literally like I was going into a fight. I'm like, all right, this dude likes to fight. Let's give him a fight. I mean, no doubt. And so I go in there roaring, dude, with, with the intimidator. I'm just going nuts. And, and 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 throwing this out there, when it's cold, that sucker don't lock up. No, because I've had buddies. I've got Mister. When Mark you go to Blog, goes wee. Yeah, yeah. Like I've had buddies that's been in camp with me going, man, my grunt, you know, froze up this morning. And I was squalled like, on me. I was like, well, you need the uh, the American Express Woodhaven because that baby you can carry it anywhere and she ain't gonna lock up on. Dude, me. there was one time, man, <laughs> I had this buck working in the field and. I grabbed out an unnamed grunt call <laughs> and went to go at it, dude, and it had froze the the, the backs tip. of the reeds together, but not the tip, and so it squalled real loud. That buck went to the next country, dude, and I thought, <laughs> crap, threw that call in the trash, never used it again. But um, So I went into this with fighting in mind, dude. So like you said, every 15 minutes I was just getting it and uh, didn't see any deer, and I was like, man, this sucks. And so I texted the outfit. And then your head starts messing with you. It does. Am I calling too much? Am I? Anyways. And so my family actually came with me. Um, so my family's all back in the cabin and because it's right next to the Pioneer Woman. Uh, sure. So we were going to go to Pioneer Woman for the afternoon and then come back. So text the outfit. I'm like, you can come get me at 10. I'll, I'll be done at 10. And uh, at like 9.53, I see this buck coming. So I'm texting him, like, don't come, don't come, don't, don't come. Because I just imagine him pulling up right when that buck's at 13 yards. And I just froze to death all morning. Yeah. So I said, don't come. Don't. I'm, like, texting him. He says, okay. And I said, uh, I call him short time 10. I said, he's out. And uh, he said, cool, kill him. And I'm, like, I, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to do here. And so, dude, I'm just giving him everything I've got. And, uh, it, like, it was a lot like your situation. Circled me several times, went down, came back, went down, came back. There was a giant um, around the area, too, with him, um, but he was a young deer, three, three and a half years old, and so they just were playing cat and mouse all around me, And but finally he messed up, shot him. That's it was awesome. cool. Didn't have a tooth in his head, not one tooth. Ain't that crazy? And them suckers are tough. It's, it's so cool cool. to know, and, and you said this already, but 
and it goes back to having the history of the deer because this outfitter's like, dude, I've got pictures of him for seven years. I've got sheds of him for seven years. Like all this history with this buck. And to know this buck has lived eight years and yeah. seen everything that the world has to And show. run off all my big deer, more than likely. Run them all off because he fights them like a bully. But anyways, deer. he's seen every storm, every tornado, every, you know, he's lived everything. through. I mean, and then to think I, I'm the one that tricked him and killed him. Like, that's just, it's incredible to know. Oh, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a feeling, man, you can't describe. That's why I call it you five seconds of glory. I mean, just when I shot that, you know, shot that deer, I nicknamed him Macho Man. I mean, I'm still on cloud nine. I still don't believe it happened to me. And I'll expect an invite to that place next year. I hope I still got it. Oh, come, baby, bells whistling. I don't care. Y'all well, hey, dude, you've you. got an invite to my to to Kansas anytime. Which I know you got Kansas properties, but um, so was o- Oklahoma was your biggest and best hunt? You would say that. Man, I don't know. I mean, they all, they have all been stellar this year. But I mean, that one was. I mean, I'll take that. I mean, there'll be a bunch of hunts I take to the grave with me, but that that will by far be definitely one of them. Yeah. I, I mean, as a hunter, you can dream of the perfect hunt and imagine it. And that was it. And that, I mean, dude, you, I, I don't see it getting no better than that. I really don't. I mean, you couldn't make it up no better. How many days were you in Oklahoma? Five. Before you killed him? I killed him on the fifth day. That's cool, it took man. me two days to kill him. They're going to be out in two, three days. That's awesome. Where'd you go to from Oklahoma? Went to the great state of Kansas, the land of Oz. Kansas. Kansas. I uh, I'm from I'm from Arkansas, born and raised, and so everybody everybody from there they call it Arkansas. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is called Kansas. That's what that's they got whacking it whacking and stacking. <laughs> um, how long were you in in, uh, in Kansas for? Five days. You just hunt five days everywhere, huh? So that's, that's all I need, dude. Well, actually, Kansas, I should have killed on day one. We was really close on uh, what we named that deer. Just so everybody knows, at this point, we're already like 500 inches in. Getting there. 600. I can't remember what we named that big eight, but he was a he was a wholesome. Hey, I railed him in and grunted him in because we was actually doing a promo for Woodhaven and midway through the sequence i looked up and i was like oh he's here there, there's a shooter at they were 30 in the walmart, yards they were in the know? walmart parking lot that's how good these calls work ladies I mean, and gentlemen i was just it, it really amazed me because i mean we went in that day i call it muddy in the waters when i get there on day one i'm gonna muddy the waters i'm gonna what do you mean by that explain that i'm gonna put boots on the ground i'm gonna hang my sets where i think is where i need to be i'm gonna put my cameras up if you know baiting's you know good in that state where i can bait i'm gonna throw some chum out in front of the cameras to get some inventory you know do all my homework in that one day muddy all the waters get everything set get all the traps set for the rest of the week so everything is dialed up and i'm not worried about why well, i need to do this i need to do that everything's ready to and that's roll. the biggest tip that i can give anybody it doesn't matter what you're hunting no no take your first day to scout oh 100 like, like get it, it out of the way like and, and guys i understand like i know the the difficulty to say that I've only got seven days to elk hunt. I need to get out there and start chasing. No. no. The whole first day, glass, spend scouting, looking at maps, get boots on the ground and just start looking because it'll make your next six days oh, 100%. well worth the, like, the one day you burned. I mean, I, mean, I look up to, to Levi Morgan. I mean, 
Hunter Phelps. Is yeah, my he's producer. pretty tall. He's, you do look up to him. Yeah, he's a he's a big sun gun. He's a hammer, ain't no doubt. But that sun gun, you know, everybody sees him killing these giant deer, and you know, giant mule, these giant elk. But what you don't see is how much he sits back and does his homework. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know, it makes a lot of sense. But people, you know, get in a rush and you know try to jump into it wide open. But really, at the end, they they're hurting themselves. And I mean, I'm guilty of it. I've done it. Everybody's done it. Well, and I've had guys call me, and and I've done the same. But I've had guys call me, and they're like, "Dude, this season sucks. Like, I'm ready to quit." I'm like, "All right, pull out for a whole day." And they're like, "Dude, it's November 9th. I can't pull out." I'm like, "Pull out for one day and just watch. Rec- just just chill." No, I I meant like scout. Like, oh yeah, just quit hunting. For- oh yeah, that's the best time to do it. Like that's the time of year when you throw the old rule book out the window. Yeah. And you go run and gun, and that's my wheelhouse. That's my strongest point. Yeah, like I can go into a piece of property, break it down, do my thing, and usually I can kill one in two or three days. Yeah, but that's like, I, I just tell them, I'm like, you're just you're overthinking everything. Back yeah. out, find a, a vantage point, and just watch the deer for a day, two days even. Yeah, and like, but it's the middle of the road. I don't want to burn those hunting days. And I'm like, trust me, it'll make the rest of the season worth it. And then they call and they're like. Oh, dude, now I get it. Like, I thought the deer were coming out over here. They're not coming out over there. They're coming out over here. And when I, I'm like, there you go. Like, but it's just the, you cannot not scout. Oh, I mean, well, I meant the rut. I mean, I love the, everybody loves the rut. I really don't like the rut because when I think of the rut, I think of 14 hour days. I got to be All up at three six. o'clock. I'm more likely not going to go to bed till 12 o'clock. Yep. I'm going to be sitting all day. I'm going to be froze. And, Usually, man, I mean, all right, you've got three days. The hunt can be tough. You've got three days. And usually, old Billy Bob down the road went to Kmart, bought him a pair of slicks and a 30 30, and he just shot a two, my 200 that I've been hunting for three Shooting years. Everywhere. That's the way it usually goes. But uh, you've got three days in the year mm-hmm. to kill a big buck. Three consecutive days in the year. What three days are they? September 1, September 2, September 3. Really? Ain't no doubt about it. See, I go late season. Ain't no doubt about it. I hate early season. I love it. Homeboy don't like to sweat. <laughs> I would rather sit in negative 10 than sit, than sit in 90. I'll sit in 150 and I'll sit in negative 50. It don't bother me whatsoever. I love the cold, man. I love day one. Or I love the I don't end of hunt. season just as much as I love day one. Like, I hate to see it go. I don't step in the deer woods till October 30th, October 29th. Yeah, I can't do it, dude. I go nuts. Like, my biggest pet peeve, and you can ask anybody that works with me. When we usually kill, the next day we shoot content for really the next two days, honestly. And them two days, I don't get to hunt. Yeah. And I'm up at 4 o'clock pacing the floor going, I hate to miss a sunrise. Yeah. I hate to miss sunset. My f- Like, what am I missing? My three favorite days are December 10th, 11th, and 12th, I would say. Remember good days? Really easy. I shouldn't say easy. It's never easy. It's a really good time to pin down a buck that's hitting food sources Especially if you've got, like you just said, a cut cornfield or, you know, if you've got winter wheat or something on your property, like yep. you can nail down those bucks. Oh, 100%. Like clockwork. Well, I think December 21st is a, a really, really productive day. I've killed some really, really big deer on that day. All right. And I so think let, because it's the shortest day of the year and the moon yeah, phase is different. The lunar true. phase is different and it it makes those deer move. Let me So let me rephrase the question. You've got three days to shoot any big buck. Like, you don't have one buck in mind. Yeah. You just want to kill a big buck. What three days are they? Oh, man. Because if there's... Any given day, man, I mean, there's real. I mean, I know, I know the question you're asking me, but I mean, 
the reason I ask is is if if I just want to kill a big buck, yeah, I'm gonna go like November. Everybody that is working eight to five is gonna put in their vacation. They're gonna put in vacation from November the first, I'd say, through November the twelfth. That's when everybody's yeah. gonna go hunt. Now I don't know about what you experience in Blackwell, but I know in my area in Kansas, I I would do the three days November fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. Well, my my experience with the rut, and I've been. That's when I mean, they're going nuts, at least in my opinion. Yeah, place. I mean, that's when they break loose, I think, from them first does, and they're back on their feet moving. And I even called it this year. I said, man, I said, I've killed one deer on November the 5th. If I, I usually kill on October the 27th. I said, but I don't start doing my damage in November until the 11th, Veterans Day. Yeah. No, I, I said, I'm lights agree. out. After that, it's completely agree. Do, 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 do. And same thing this year. Veterans Day roll around. Well, and here's what I've learned. You know. Here's what I've at least noticed. I shouldn't say learned, but here's what I've noticed is that because November first through the tenth, all the does are in heat. Like they're just all the bucks are going nuts. Yeah. And like, dude, I've sat there, you know, and watched deer just literally sprint across a field every which direction. Oh, they're hundred like, miles an hour. You're like I'm never going to kill one of these. Like even if it's at twenty yards, they're running forty mile an hour. Like yeah. there's no way to kill one of these. And they ain't no way to stop it, Joker, unless you got an air horn. And more likely, that ain't gonna stop it. Right. And but then when you get to fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, they're still looking for those does. They're coming back, hitting in scrapes. And so you can call them in better. You can rattle them in better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you do get them coming in, it's not as likely for a hot doe to run by. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, you, every doe goes in at a different time. Like I know a hundred percent fact: the week Absolutely. of Christmas, I'm going to have a doe come into heat. Probably the same doe's been doing it for years behind my house in my food plot, my buck fever food plot. Really? They no doubt. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go kill a hammer. If you look back past three years, on that last week before Christmas, I kill a good one. Yeah. Out of that food plot. Cause guess what? He's coming to check that doe. Yeah. Um but the reason I ask is because if I wanna ki- if I was just if you were to just say you want to kill a big deer, it doesn't matter what deer it is, you November just November tenth, eleventh, twelfth. Agreed. But then if I want to pin down one specific deer, I'm going to go to late season because I can pin them down between food. Oh, yeah, ain't no doubt. I mean, early, to me, the late season game, if you do your homework early season and something happens and you cannot get it done and that deer makes it through the rut, through gun season, so forth, he's going to go back to the same early season pattern mm-hmm. late season. Yeah. And it's going to be the same ball game all over. But now – He's fatigued. He's wore out. He's probably injured. He's thinking less. He's thinking less. He's tired. He's give out. And more than likely, yeah, I mean, you're going to – your odds are better, I would say, because – well, I mean, it's 50-50. Early season, they hadn't been pressured much. Late right. season, they have, but they're wore out. They're tired, you know, so forth. And, I mean, you got to get as much chance as late as early, you know. Yeah. And I feel really good deer late. And, I mean, you can re- – I mean – Honestly, and especially Iowa, that's when you're gonna kill your mega giants if the weather sets up right. Yeah, I see. I always schedule Missouri for that November 10th, 11th, 12th time frame. I love, like, I have that week blocked off in Missouri for sure for the rest of my life. I just love. Oh, it's it's a great time. Biggest or one of my biggest year I've ever <clears throat> killed was November the seventh on a mock scrape in Missouri, mainframe eight hundred sixty six inches with a third main beam. So probably. I'm going to say I saw this article seven years ago. Mm-hmm. 
That's 10 of the big buck killer, like big buck known killers in the world. If you could pick one day, it was like Bill Winky and Mark Jury. All the OGs. Yeah, all the OGs. Chuck Adams. Like, if you could pick one day in a calendar year to kill a big buck, what would it be? I think six of them said November 7th. I had a kid born November 7th. Mm. I'm sitting in the hospital. First off, uh, happy is all good. To all the gentlemen out there. November 7th is about nine months from Valentine's. Show sure no. So be careful. Um, so you got to plan that out. Hey, above. Yeah, absolutely you do. Fast forward three years. <laughs> I had a kid born on September 2nd, um, which is when I wanted to go on elk hunts every year. And so, Whew. dude, it sucks. But anyway, <laughs> I'm done with that stuff. I have. So my son was the last one born on November 2nd. And I just straight up have said, like, Chrissy. Every year for the rest of this kid's life will be elk hunting on his birthday. And she's like, you're not taking him elk hunting. He's five. And I'm like, no, I'm taking him elk hunting. Um, Daddy's getting a birthday yeah. present. This is your dad. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm sitting in the hospital November 7th. You know, we get there on like the 6th. Uh, so like those three days in the hospital and probably 14 of my friends are sending me pictures of like giants. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, no doubt. I'm like, dude, you rub suck. it in your face. Yeah, you suck. Yeah. Um. All right, back to Kansas. All right, let's shot roll. a tanker in Kansas. We get to Kansas, man, playing cat and mouse, and we really, really went after this one big eight, and uh, we're, I mean, we're all over, and we just need him to. We're bobbing when he's weaving. Like I mean, I'm within thirty, forty yards of this deer, three sets. You're playing checkers. He's playing chess. Oh, he's kicking my tail. And like one evening, we were setting up in the Millennium, and uh, he come or had a, a really good deer that I thought about shooting. In the big and J pile, and I looked at her right, and here he comes. And I was like, I mean, dude, it's going to be a 10 yard shot. And I mean, I can shoot this gun behind my back if I want to. Got one limb in my way, and I'll never forget this joker gets to about 10 yards and just looks dead up at me and just says, Oh, hey, senor. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, he just, you just got back from Mexico, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And <laughs> like, I mean, he just straight, he scolded this man, and I'm like, there's no way. I mean, I was tucked in that tree really well. Oh, my God. And he looks at us for, it's felt like, you know, several minutes, but, you know. Uh, Do you know the holders at Raised Hunting? You ever met them? Mm-mm. They, uh, I don't think so. They were doing a podcast one time, and they were saying, they're like, man, sometimes you see a big deer, and they're just not smart. Like, you just find a dumb deer. I ain't never seen one. You just find dumb deer. Like sometimes there's just one. dumb ones, and I'm like. Mine's always expert uh, level. No, not mine. <laughs> like, I ain't never had that not look. Mine. I wish I did. I, could, I wish I could find a blind one in death. Yeah, one. no I'd kidding. Be, I'd be uptown with that. We need to put that on the list. You still probably would get busted, though. <laughs> I probably would, especially like, and, I, and like, I'm thinking to myself, where did Jason move? Yeah. And like, I'm starting to, not mad, but I'm like, dude, you know, and I look back and he's hid behind the tree. Like, only thing I see is the, the FS7, and I'm like, that deer, he knows. Like, because that stands yeah. that stands there year in, year out. And uh, so I was so mad that night. I had a blind at the other end of the property. I literally got down, yanked all our equipment down, and, like, it's 20 degrees, man. It's cold. I go get in my truck, and there's a pile of cedars on the roadway. And I take my shears, and I just start whacking cedars down and throwing them back in my truck. I drive down in this bottom. It's 9 o'clock at this point. Take down this ground blind, load them back in my truck, go back to that spot. Yes. And go to the wood line where there's two cedars, 
throw that joker up and brush it in to the best of my abilities. Get in it the next morning, sitting there. Daybreak comes about. He's standing there right before daylight. I'm sitting there watching him through my knocks going, yep, he's about to die. As soon as it breaks daylight. Looks right at you. A bigger buck comes in, bumps him off, runs some does off, and I'm just like, well, okay, you know, cool deal. So get done hunting. I look at the mulchery app. There's a bigger buck, new buck, showed up at the other spot. So I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Like, what's the deal? So I go no to wind. another piece of property, pull a blind down. Wind's blowing 52 miles an hour. Go throw it up back over there just to have it if we need it. Next morning, we get up, and it's like five degrees. And up there where I'm at, Hill City, like, it's a different kind of cold. Oh, Like, it's brutal. Yeah. Like, it is brutal. and It's never not windy. No, I mean it's 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 rough, and I was gonna hunt the north end that morning. I pulled in the property. I said, "I said, ah, let's go south." And he's like, "What?" I was like, "I just got a feeling. Let's go south." Went with my gut. Didn't go off trail camera because hindsight said, "Down here's the juice. All the does and bucks has yeah. been here on the north end. South end really wasn't that much activity." I knew it was going to be sunny. I knew that's what I needed to hunt that other set. We slide in there that morning, get in there. As soon as we get in there, have a few deer on us. I actually had the big eight come in on us right before daylight. Watch him make a scrape 10 yards in front of me. (sighs) Eats for a minute, loops in the field, does his thing, and walks off. And I'm just like, man, are you serious? I mean, there's nothing you can do. So morning, fast forward a little bit, sitting there, have a a few small bucks come in, nothing crazy. And it was kind of a slow morning, really. And I looked up, I seen a doe. And Jason said, man, there was a good buck like in that field. And next thing I know, man, I just see this freaking bruiser come up out of this low draw. And sun's hitting him just right, just out of a fairy tale book, sidestepping right to him, ears pinned back. And Jason was so cold that morning. He looks at me, he's like, you going to shoot that deer right? I was like, maybe. He's like, what you mean, maybe? Because he's cold. Like, his feet He's is like, cold. I want to go home. Yeah, he, he's ready to go get warmed up, you know. And uh, I said, I don't know. Which, there's no doubt in my mind, I'm going to rip this deer. Like, he's a hammer. And uh, But I'm messing with him as the deer's walking to us. <laughs> so... He's all spunt. He's videoing the deer. And looking back at it, I shouldn't have because I was taking his mind off his job because he was more worried about what I was going to do because he was about to freeze to death. And because uh, he didn't run out of food that morning. And <laughs> deer gets about 50 yards. I said, yeah, Bob, I'm going to rip him. I said, get on him. And he stayed quartering to me, quartering to me. He's like 35, 40 yards. And uh, he finally gave me a it wasn't the best. I mean, it wasn't the best angle to take on him. He was quartering to me slightly, and them deer out there, man, they're so big. You gotta stay away from yeah. the front shoulder. Oh, yeah. You just ain't doing it. And I put it right where I wanted it. Smoked him, double lunged him. He run hundred yards, maybe give or take. I saw a post and it said, uh, "You said your buddy, your cameraman was out of food." Yeah. I saw a post and it said, "Me at seven. I'm going to save the rest of the sandwich for later. Ain't happening, Me Jack. at 7.05, I'm going to finish that sandwich. Yep. Done. <laughs> That's over, how it goes. Over. Oh, yeah, man. It's hard to... I mean, you get bored, man. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't see... That's why you pack food, dude. Yeah, you Bags got to. Bags of food. You got to. And, you know, looking back at it, when I was coming up, 11, 12, 13, 
You know, we didn't have cell phones back then. Yeah. You know, and I'll test myself. I'll, I'll go hunting and I won't take my phone. And no, you'll be sitting there, that. and you exact ex, my point exactly. I gotta you, play games. Like, see, I, and sometimes, man, you just gotta go. You gotta go back and live in the moment. Yeah, no, I get what you. And, and not have any distractions, and just take it all in because, man, that phone takes so much away from me. It's great to have, you know, if something happens or so forth. But I mean, it's just so relaxing. I found myself so bored that. before that I like open. I have a at, like a one of the folders for just my little girl. Yeah. And I found myself like doing the nails on the on the thing. On the like the salon makeup oh, party. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. I like to do the Barbie's kid. nails. Well, I I've before. always said, you know, I'm a daddy now. I got a little boy. He's he's a be a year old in February on the eighteenth. So he's gonna shoot his first one this year? Dang, he he should have done shot one. Yeah. Worthless. I mean he just he's letting daddy down. He got done killed my, a big six at the house. My kid is four now and this was the first year. I never took him on a good day. Like, mm-hmm. if I thought I'm going to kill deer, I didn't take him. Yeah. But when it was hot, warm, you know, bad wind, I'm like, let's go out and have some fun, bud. Yeah. And it was, like, I took him a lot. And it was the best time I've ever had in my lifetime. Oh, yeah, ain't no doubt. Like, he'll go with me. Like, I'll have him with me if if mama ain't, you know, if she's doing something or needs some, you know, go and grocery shop, me and him, we go feed deer, do our yeah. thing. And, like, if it was up to daddy, I'd probably... Then let him rip one if I knew it wouldn't hurt his little ears. Like, I uh, I would have, dude. There was so many. Like, I could tell you stories from this year, but dude, like one time we had a bobcat bed down at like sixty yards, and I saw it go down. Uh, and my son said, "Let's get out there and go kill it." And I'm like, "That a boy." And I said, I like looked at my watch. And I'm like, "Well, you know, I am getting ready to leave here in a little bit." My Possibility. Well. And so we crawl out there and we get within like thirty yards of the cat, and it gets up and runs off, but. It's like, dude, that type of thing, man. You can't buy that. Like, no, man. It's, it's all about. I mean, I mean, it's all. I mean, just like the other day, we was in Mexico, and I had to get off subject, but I guess I really, I hadn't been in a lot of deer camps this year. I guess you would say, really, Out, outfitter wise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just been my leases, or just me and a field producer, or you know, and that sucks. Well, I mean, it does, but it don't. Like, there's a, you know, catch-22 to everything. Yeah. No, I can see that. And so we get there, and I'm jacked about this. Like, I've been looking forward. Like, it's a dream hunt for me. Yeah. and First time in Mexico? Oh, yeah, 100%. And we get down there, and we was at Brute Buck Outfitters of Mexico. And uh, my buddy Brandon. And I had my good buddy Timmy down there. And uh, Brady and a bunch of other boys from Mississippi. And had some guys from Louisiana that I'd actually hunted with in Ohio. At a different place that knew me, which was cool, you know. So I had some buddies down there. Well, I sat down. We sat down that night to eat supper. And me and Timmy sitting there cutting up like we always do, just like me and you're doing right now. Yeah. And I look around, and everybody's on their phone. Nobody's, Nobody is acknowledging anybody, anything but what's on their phone. And, dude, I'm a young cat. Don't get me wrong. But that flew all over me yeah and i said hey boys let's put them phones up let's have fun everybody put their phones up dude and we had a ball the rest of the week yeah but it just took that little bit of hey boys yeah you know talk to me instead of somebody that's, oh for sure you know in another country exactly exactly you know and i mean and that's what i mean it's, it's all about going back and and brandon said it best the other day he said man you know he said, 
I knew you before you was you. Yeah. And he said, I know you. I ain't a shadow of doubt that you love deer hunting. And he said, and I said, well, dude, I said, it's like this. I said, every morning I get up, I said, I feel like I'm 11 years old. Going deer hunting. It's the first time my daddy's taking me on opening day. Yeah. I said, when I lose that feeling. I'm done. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll hang, hang up. it up and I'll go do something else. Well, dude, like, and that's another thing. Going back to the why we love deer hunting, like, sharing camp with a group of guys is ain't nothing valuable. no better like and people don't get that no like, people ain't. don't understand and again like i'm i understand and it's so fun and i love it every year to climb into the back country and sleep in a tent eat mountain house meals but it's different it's, it's different. different it's, it's a not different. sharing a camp going back to camp yeah. every night telling stories playing cards and you know this happened or i mean i about got this from dude i get to share one. camp this year with chuck adams bless your heart I'm so, I'm so excited man you'll hear some stuff but at the same time though i've heard he's not good to share camp with because um one of my buddies who's hunting with him before they're like dude he leaves before you wake up and he don't get back and he don't get back till well see and that's the way back. i usually am and that's why he's successful yeah i mean you've got to admit and that's the way i i mean during the rut i'm saying all day ain't coming out because everybody like some of my buddies want to go hunting with me or some of the people that that I work with, partnerships, so forth, they're like, you know, want to go on a hunt with you? And I'm like, man, don't do it in November. We ain't going to hang out. Yeah. It ain't going to be no buddy-buddy camp. It ain't going to be fun. No, like yeah. Texas or Mexico, different ball game. Yeah. You know, that's a different hunt. And that's what made Mexico so fun is because, for one, it was kind of a relaxing trip to, you know, kind of just say, Whew. we you made it tacos. through the year. We eat a lot of tacos, really good tacos. That's good. Some chimichangas, whatever you want to call them, you know. Nice. And, uh, but I mean, it was. You I know. got a story about Texas or about uh, Mexico when when time comes. Oh, it's okay. a good one. <laughs> I got a few of them, but I don't know if I need to tell them on here. No, I. Uh, so, all right, I'll just go ahead and tell it. Go ahead and get it out of the way. We were in Texas, the southernmost part of Texas, mm-hmm. like literally from here to the road from the border. Like, we're shooting deer, and they could run to the border. I mean, yeah. that close. And this was literally the day that Donald Trump comes on the news and issues a state of emergency because of COVID. <laughs> so we all decide, we're like, let's tell our wives that we had decided to go into Mexico to get some tacos. Hmm? And so my wife calls, and she's like, hey, how's the hunting going? And I'm like, good. Shot three javelinas this morning. You know, we all, he killed a deer, I killed a deer, I shot a pig, shot four rattles. Like, telling her the hunts, and then she says, that's good, you know? And I'm like, yeah. I said, well, hey, babe, listen. Uh, <laughs> we came into Mexico to get some tacos. Some homemade tacos. And uh, And she goes off, dude. She said, Dylan, the borders are closed you can't get back in the country. And I'm like, I well, understand that now. Like, but we didn't know that Donald Trump was going to do that. Yeah. We missed that. We missed that and signal. Like she's literally freaking out. She's like, well, great. Now I'm a single parent for the next two years. You and of course, it, you, you know, at that it. time we didn't know how long this, <laughs> yeah, all this going crap on. was going to last, but it turns out the border was closed for, you know, however long. Yeah. And, uh, and so then she's literally freaking out hanging up on me like mad and, I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't have done what that. What a loving wife. She's yeah. been supportive. Like, I know. We're going to get you home. I'm like, baby, I'll mail you some tacos. You was basically like a POW hey, Exactly. I'm like, sweetheart, you don't want tacos? Like, I can mail them. Like <laughs> FedEx. No, uh, 
Uh, guys, before we get on, because you do move on from Kansas, before we move on, I got to give a shout out to Three Rivers Archery. If you are a traditional archer um, in any shape, form, or fashion, you've got to go check out Three Rivers Archery. Largest in-stock selection in the United States for, for uh, traditional archery equipment. They just rebranded themselves, too, um, with sweet new logos for the traditional world. So <laughs> go check out Three Rivers Archery uh, for anything and all things traditional. Um so you leave you leave Kansas. Yep. On to where? Went back hunting Frank Matthews. Oh no. The story continues. Mm-hmm. He eluded you some more, huh? No, I could have killed him, but he only had one antler. He shed on. Oh, so this so so this is already December. Oh my gosh. So you had chances at him after the drop. Yeah, man, like he was in our wheelhouse at one time, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you're headed back to Kentucky after ATA, Correct. which I don't think we've said that. We're at ATA right now. Yeah, we're at ATA. We're here at... at 2023, at, baby, at starting ATA off. And, uh ATA excited, and excited for a good show. Scentlock's got some new products going to drop. Lots of new products. Uh, have you tried any of them out yet? I got a few of them. By the time this airs, they will be to the world, so... Yeah. Um. To be honest with you, dude, Steve sends me so much stuff. I don't know what's what. I just I don't know it. what's new and what's not. I don't. I don't. I mean, I because everything we do is a year in advance. Yeah, and that's the one thing I hate about my job. Is because I agree. just like both, you're filming for next. year. I'm filming for next year. Yeah. So everything to me is backwards. Yeah. No, I get it. And you really and some stuff you can't showcase. Some stuff you can. But I will say everything. Sometimes you showcase the wrong thing and get in trouble and get yelled at. Correct. Yes. I posted the picture of a bow I wasn't supposed to post last year, and Bounce, I didn't turn wow, out wow. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You gotta be, man. You gotta be. When a company trusts you like that, it means something. Yeah, and you know, to be fair, it was an accident. It's nerve wracking it to an extent to be because there's a lot at stake. You know, right? I and mean, it can it can go either way. But I will say, everything that I have wore, you know, field tested for scent lock bear, all my other companies I work with, you know, I literally you know, push it to the breaking point. And, yeah. And they're still, I mean, they held up. So guys, if you're at ATA um, this week, find me and Matt. Many of you are probably listening to this while you're driving into ATA. So find me and Matt. We'd like to say hi, um, shake your hand, tell you thanks for listening. But uh, sure. all right. So after ATA, you're headed back to Kentucky and you just said you have a deer. We got uh, a target buck. Yeah. We got a big, just. Did he end up dropping the other side yet? I don't know, man. I just, uh, my camera died and I hadn't went back. We fed the crap out of him and just, yeah, let him be. Gotcha. So, what's your target buck now moving into it? We got an old Paul. Uh, I don't even know if we got a name. We got a name for that deer? I think we're going to call him Paul Paul. He's about nice. a, probably an eight year old, this mega giant six pointer. As dumb as that sounds, probably what, six. 20 inches inside? Yeah. Give or take. Dude, I love giant sixes. And just, I mean, he's a hammer. I mean, he's, he's giant old bully sixes buck. Get me fired up. And like, this deer could have done been shot, you know, by several clients, but you know he's a, he's just a six pointer. He's not a Kim Kardashian of deers, you know. He ain't no yeah. Ferrari by no means. He's just an old good old four by four Ford truck. Yeah, and I mean, but he's daylighting. Yeah, I mean he's a good. I mean he's a good deer. Ain't no doubt. Like redneck shoot him all day long, dude. I I. Look at this six right here. This was uh, ended up being killed by one of my buddies, um, but this was one of my target deer in Missouri this year. Um, and uh, one of my buddies got to kill him, and thank God he did. It was his first buck, and so awesome. I'm super glad he got to kill him. But 
I just love pretty dear. big framey six points, dude. They now that six up. pointer that I'm talking about, that's a dang good deer. But my six or pawpaw, he'll eat that deer. Really? Width wise. Yeah. I just love yeah. big sixes, man. Yeah, they're they're awesome. cool. Um so where did you go after Kentucky again after Kentucky the last time? I went to was Bama. that to Mexico? I think, I think I went to Bama. Really? Went to the house. How was that? Blackness stacked them there. Is that one of your favorite places to hunt? Just because of, of the, the heritage, if you will? To extent, History. man, to be honest with you, there's no place like home. We all know that. Yeah. I mean, that's where I cut my teeth at. I mean, that's where I learned. That's how I'm, I, I guess, that's where I learned the game at. Yeah, but, no, and, for sure. And, and if anybody's ever hunted Bama, Georgia, they know how tough it is hunting in pines. Like, it ain't Dude. no joke. It's on expert level. I tell all my buddies from Midwest, y'all boys move down here, and Blair Goins, he'll be the first one to agree with me. They'd pick up tennis or they'd play golf because yeah. it ain't like hunting in Midwest. That's what, like, the deer hunting in Arkansas is garbage. It's trash. Where at? Arkansas. Oh. Like, the deer are tiny. But you go back to those Ozark Mountains and you're like, dude, this is where it began. Oh, yeah. Like, this is Ain't no doubt. And uh, there's just something about walking in those woods and just feeling like you're a six-year-old boy again. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, I know this sounds stupid, but I can go by a tree. Exactly. And I can look at that tree and go, man, I shot, I shot a quiver full. I, I mean, and missed every one of them. No, I might not have found them. <laughs> might not have hit them good. And they was, like, I probably wounded every deer in Randolph County when I was little. And uh, with a PSE spider. And uh, that was, I slept with that bow, man. Yeah. Like, I cried for Santa Claus to bring me that bow. And Santa Claus felt so bad for me. He brought it to me the <laughs> night before Christmas. Sounds like mom and dad just wanted you to quit crying. Oh, dude. Like, I was like, you know, when you're little, you get that sick cry. Yeah. I'll never forget it, dude. I said to my mom and papa, they brought in all dude. because of a bow. All because of a bow. And the only reason I Every nobody, year, nobody in my family, man, bow hunts. Nobody just, in my family hunts, really. This just end. Every year before bow launch, Matt cries in his room to see the new bows. Ain't no doubt, dude. I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I still got as jacked as I, I used wish to you were about sitting it. there. I wish you were sitting there September 30th just going. <laughs> I was when I was hunting new Frank. bows. <laughs> but That's I mean, awesome. But the, I mean, nobody in my family, man. They nobody bow hunts. Nobody's so, ever. So where'd this? Where'd the begin? Where'd you get to start? My dumb as it sounds, my uncle, my uncle Andy, he owned a big salvage yard. My daddy runs a big body shop. My papa, he retired. He run my uncle's rollback service for him. Well, they would buy salvage cars out of Atlanta, Georgia. So lo and behold, he buys some cars one time and. uh there was a uh, an old recurve in it. That's cool. You still have it? Actually, it was a bear. Still have it? Or a longbow. I can't. I just hold on now. And it was left-handed. I'm right-handed. I do everything in this world right-handed, but shoot a bow. And that bow is left-handed. Is that an eye dominancy thing? Shoot both eyes open. One eye open, it don't matter. But are, don't, you, are you right eye dominant or left eye dominant? To be honest with you, I don't think I'm either. I'm, I'm in there 50-50. Gotcha. Um, I've never See, really incredibly, never I'm looked in, at it like that. I'm incredibly left eye dominant, and growing up, that's not something like you know. 
we were rednecks. You just shoot. Yeah, you just shoot. You you get it done how, how whatever it took to get it done. Yeah, and so now like I've had so many guys tell me like if you were to switch to shooting left handed, because of your eye dominancy, you'd shoot better. And I'm just it's too intimidating for me. Yeah. I'm well, I meant deer. Scared hunt, of it. Usually deer hunting, I'll shoot both eyes open just so I'm one help us. I'm one step ahead of that deer. Yeah. I can see his body language. It's because you know when you look through peep, I mean you're you're in the zone. You're there. You're in that tornado. Yeah. And, you know, there's been several times where, you know, that deer might step, and I wouldn't have caught it if I'd have had one eye closed. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just, it just, it gives you that, that 180 view better, in my opinion. It just makes me feel more comfortable. Um, gotcha. But yeah, my, my papa, if it wasn't one for him and that old, that old bow he gave me in two boxes, a triple X 75 aluminum Aris. With feather veins on them, mossy oak color. One of the most sold arrows in history, Ain't I no doubt. And he got me an old styrofoam target, and dude, I shoot that thing every day to my arm be bleeding every day. And I just, awesome. I just come obsessed with it. My dad told me that I had a little plastic bow down the road. He told me that uh, it wouldn't kill a deer. When I was dead set. I said, I'm gonna show my dad and kill a deer with this bow, and. My dude, I'd go sit on a yellow bucket, man. Do my thing. With like I drug my I couldn't I couldn't tell you. It was just the little bitty plastic Walmart, you know. I dragged my mama through the woods, mama through the woods, papa, daddy. Whoever I could get, I'd take. You know. And then I figured out bow season come in October the fifteenth in Alabama. Gun season I had to wait till November the twenty second. So when I found that out, I was like, Oh, no brainer. You know, it's game on, and dude. Hooked ever since. Yeah, I ain't been right ever since. That's why I do it for a living. So where, did you did you kill a big buck in Alabama? Mm-hmm. Killed a big, uh, actually a big seven-pointer. So at this point, we're already like 900 inches in. Close, getting there. Jiminy Christmas. Where'd you go from Alabama? Mexico. Mexico. I'm excited to hear about this one. It's wild. Because I like the deer you killed. Like, there's deer that are big, and then there's deer you're just like, wow, it's yeah, a pretty deer. Pretty deer, yeah. He was an old deer. Well, there's several that I hadn't posted. Because, see, there's no – Mexico's different. It's not like America, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, like, there's no country. There's no – yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's no game wardens. There's no, you know, you yeah. know, laws or that statue. And it's weird. You don't have to have a deer license, but you got to have a tag. Right. And like a tag, I think it's 250 bucks. So we could shoot a trophy bro- a trophy buck, bring it back. We'd tag that one, do our paperwork to get it back across the border. But then we could also shoot management bucks. And hindsight 2020, they could be, you know, a really good management buck. They could be a dink management buck or just something that needs to get out of the genetic pool. And, man, by the time you got it to point A to point B, you know, old, old Skip over here, he done got it loaded up and skinned out and – they eating on it, yeah. You know because down there the the communities is not the wealthiest, and you know we we did like a you know we give all the meat to the community that needed it, which was really cool. I mean, yeah. I really you know that was a big deal to me because it's one thing like I've tried to explain that to people too. Like if I don't kill a deer, my family's not going to starve. Like we'll drive to Walmart, sure. McDonald's, whatever. I mean, yeah. we'll have you'll get by. Yeah, I mean, but to see those families and to, like, I hear this a lot about Africa, like, 
to see that you literally just changed an entire community. It's heartbreaking. Because of wild game. It's like... It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like we rode by, I guess, the city dump maybe. Yeah. And they was the prettiest little girl. She was probably four or five years old. And her family and her lived in that dump. And they had built a house... Yeah. Out of whatever they could, you know, muster up out of that dump. Right. And man, dude, that broke me down. And then there was another family that also lived there. And, you know, we take living in America so much for granted. Like, it really hit me slapping off. Because, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a clue, man, you know. Yeah. You don't got a clue till you go over and see it. Like, you just can't go down the street. You just can't hop in your truck. You just can't have a gun. You just can't yeah. do this. You can't do that. I mean, it's, it's a different world. But I mean, it brings into perspective a lot of the things that we oh, yeah. take for granted. Like, you know, I've had the privilege of going to Japan and, and Panama and, and uh, not Panama, Brazil and mm-hmm. Mexico. And you see these communities and you're like, dude, like we hop on Amazon and just buy whatever we want. And it's oh, there yeah. in a day and a half. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it, it don't work like like down there. They ain't got no ad- they ain't got no address down there. Yeah, ain't no FedEx rolling up down there. I promise you. Right, it never even crosses your mind, dude. And then you see like you know sometimes not sometimes most of the time we even take wild game meat for granted. We're like, oh yeah, cool. I killed a deer. Let's go get some some sticks made out of it. Oh yeah. But then you give it to a community, and it literally changes an entire community for a week, a month, however long it lasts. It changes an entire community, and dude, they don't they don't waste the neck meat, they don't waste the tongue, oh, they don't no, waste the brain, they no. don't waste the because it's literally changing their lives. Hundred percent, and and it 100%. really makes you stop and think, man, I'm glad I'm a hunter. Oh yeah, I mean it. I mean it. It makes you feel good on the inside, and you know, you know, deep down that being a hunter helps somebody. Yeah, you know, and everybody wants to throw salt on. You know, hunters for killing stuff. You know, quit being a pansy and look into it, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, you know, get your facts straight before you start judging people. And, you know, because at the end of the day, I mean, are you helping, you know, a community out? Yeah. I mean. The first question I ask anybody who, who looks down on me for being a hunter is, do you eat meat? And if they say yes, I say, then don't even try to have this conversation with me. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, I ain't going to say what I say. Or want to say because it's yeah, X rated, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's just it's aggravating when you know you got all these keyboard warriors, you know, they always want to make these smart remarks on your 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 post or your comments, and you know, trying to be respectful, and you know, be respectful for the companies that you represent. You got to bite your tongue a lot of times, yeah. And it, that's I'd say that's probably one of the hardest things about what we do is you know. To extent, man, we we let these jokers run all over us. Right. And I mean, I hate to say it, but the world needs more Gerald Swindles. They need more Michael Waddells. Yeah. Because they're at that point in their careers, dude, they don't care. Right. They'll they'll, they'll rip speak them. out. Yeah. They, they don't care. And and I'm at that point in my career where I've been blessed, I've been successful, but I can't haul off and go Gerald Swindle on them. Yeah. Or Michael Waddell on them and go, you know, do what he does. I ain't I ain't that point yet. I personally think the biggest issue, and you know, this is coming from somebody who who's living is in the conservation world. Um, but I personally think the biggest issue is that non-hunters gather together. Like it doesn't matter 
they come together. Yeah, 100%. Hunters do not. Like, we're like, oh, you're a crossbow hunter? I don't shoot crossbows. Oh, yeah, it's a click, man. Yeah. Click. Or you're a duck hunter, dude. I don't care about you. No, we're hunters. And at the end of the day, like, I need to step up and help duck hunters because at someday, someday I might need the duck hunters to yeah, step up Yeah, you might need me. them to have your back. Exactly. And if we as hunters could just... I could care less what in the crap camo you wear. I could care less what bow you shoot. And like, that's that's what people get so jacked up. Like, I mean, I work with Mossy Oak. If you were a real tree, guess what? You still my buddy. Yeah. I mean, you still gonna hang out. Yeah. If you were, you look deep into my soul just then. Like, I mean, I, I, I meant what I said. I mean, I mean, it's true. I mean, people yeah. think that because you know I shoot this bow and this guy shoots this bow. We're enemies. No, dude. We're now in the Mossy same. Oak, now, if Mossy thing. Oak listens to this, they're going to think I've been wearing real tree behind the scenes. <laughs> I'll let Greg know. <laughs> no, uh, I get what you're saying, man, and that's that's like it's sad. It's very sad. And we're about to walk around the show for four days, and there's going to be tons of separation. There's going to be tons of no, I don't wear that camo. I don't wear blah blah blah. You know, and uh, and it just frankly makes me mad. Oh yeah, like I meant, it's frustrating. Like, dude, I literally, um, so people who listen to this know that I work for Pope and Young. We put out an e-blast saying, Alaska needs your help. This was just this week. Alaska needs your help. There was like five things up on the ballot for Alaska. And I literally get an email back from somebody and they say, I don't hunt in Alaska. And I said, so? Like, But what blows my mind is they took the time. They could have emailed the the stinking exactly. The, they took the, the time government to tell you, "Hey, man, that ain't bothered me. I ain't hunting in Alaska." Yeah, like, but what happens when it comes for you, Hotshot? Yeah, like, like, don't you want the people to help you? Yeah, but that's how I hate to say it, but that's how stupid people are these days, man. And that this is what's going to happen. Like people say, "Oh, that's not that big of an issue." You're right; it's not that big of an issue. But when we give them a little bit of ground. We're gonna. It's death by a thousand cuts, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. They're not gonna chop us off. Hunting's all of a sudden gone. Boom! You can't hunt no more. It's gonna be. But they're slowly gonna start cutting more and more and more and say, "Oh, they're doing it now." Trying to make it. I mean, I mean, you look at it, man, and and I look at it. I mean, well, just last year, Georgia had a county. Oh yeah, ain't no no doubt. But I mean, looking more further than that, I mean, man, you look at you look at the cost of hunting. I mean. It, man, dude, it's, it's it's ungodly. Yeah. By the time a man pays for a lease, yeah, pays for a bow, pays for fuel in his truck, pays for tires, pays for food, pays for this, man, he's looking at ten grand. Yeah. I to saw, go up there maybe two times, three yeah. times. I saw a thing on Facebook and it said people say they hunt because deer meat's free. And then it said By God they're wrong. And then, and then it cut to somebody else and said, My deer meat cost me $1,442 a pound. He'd be, feeding, he'd be feeding that clean corn. Yeah. <laughs> no but yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's so, and I see it, and I mean, it affects my butt, because I mean, I have to run off a budget. I mean, I keep up, you know, I mean, I ain't no penny pincher by no means, but I have to stay within my means. Yeah. And I mean, I can tell, like last year, back, which I, I mean, I added a few more trips this year, but with the cost of fuel and so forth, man, my tab's ten thousand more dollars than it was last year. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's just the inflation. But what you gonna do? Yeah. You can't you ain't got no control over because we let it happen. At I point. made the stupid mistake of lifting my truck and putting thirty fours on it the week before I drove to Idaho. Yeah, you was cool though. Yeah. 
but I got 11 miles per gallon all the way to Idaho. I got 37s on mine. Don't feel bad. I don't. Uh, I, it's like, yes, a redneck will lift a poodle. It don't matter. <laughs> you lift anything you got. Trucks, lawnmowers, poodles. I mean, I mean, we even lift our wife's boobs, for God's sake. My you golf cart's lifted. I, I mine's lifted. It's awesome. I mean, got to. <laughs> um, so I ask it, and we've shared a lot of tips and tricks, and but but if you have to share that one, you've killed a lot of deer this season. You had to learn something. What's the one thing you can take from this season that'll make you a better hunter from here on out? Mm. We can sit here another hour on that subject. Uh, I've got another hour. Don't. <laughs> don't. Uh, how would I say it? Makes sense. Like, it makes sense to me, but I don't know if it would make sense to the viewer. Um, don't get down on yourself. Yeah. Like. Keep your head in the game. I mean, I mean you got to stay. That is the hardest thing about deer hunting. Everyone in this room right now is a deer hunter. They love it just as much as they love breathing. And there's so much pressure in this game we're involved in that when stuff don't go your way, it starts fading on you. Yeah. And I can see it. And I'm so stubborn and so hard-headed. There's no plan B for me. People ask me all the time how I made it. How'd you do this? How'd you do that? What marketing strategy you use? Buddy, I didn't have no marketing strategy. I just hunted. I didn't have no big college degree. I just, there was no plan for failure. Right. It was plan A. They wasn't no plan B. If plan A didn't work, guess what? I got up, I dusted my knees off. And I went back to swinging until I got to where I wanted to go. And and I wanted it so bad. I'll never forget the first time I got a bow at discount cost, man. I thought I was, buddy, I was, you were I was the boss. You made it. And I'll never forget my dad. I run up a credit card one year for like eight grand. He looks at me and goes, son. Because I would work at his body shop during the summertime, save enough, enough money. Son, as soon as it hit deer season, I was out till I'd run out of money, and I'd come back and work, and I'd be gone again until I'd run out of money. I was going hunting regardless. I was going. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, he said, man, you need to make you a plan. I was like, Dad, I ain't, I'm just going to do it. I was like, I'll make it. Don't worry. And now he looks at me, and he goes, well, dang, you make more money than I make, you know. <laughs> and And I look back on it, and it's not the – the money. I didn't do it for the money. I didn't do it to be, oh, hey, man, there's there's Matt. I didn't do it for the magazine or I didn't do it for the TV. I did it because I loved it. Yeah. And that's what 100%. people that's what people overlook. They don't see me back when I started sleeping in my truck. Yeah. They don't see what I went through. But, man, you know, at the end of the day, that was the fun part of it. Yeah. Like, once you get to where you're going, you're like, well, yeah. what, what, but – getting up that hill it's like man that was a ride people ask me all the time man like how do you make your living in the outdoor industry and i'm like well first off like start dude, out with two million like dude i worked for five years yeah. spending money to get into you know what i mean like i was spending money to promote people's stuff and try yeah. to just and that and you know and, and i hate to say this and i ain't cutting nobody that does it but that's not right yeah i mean it, it's not fair to you to the user or whoever's doing it because, you know, at the end of the day, that person gets taken advantage of. Yeah. Because it puts in their head a different 
It's just like a woman rubbing on your leg that ain't got no interest in you whatsoever. But she's sitting there going, petting you, going, yeah, honey, I'll give you a carrot. Yeah. But then, at the end of the day, oh, you can go on back down the road. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't fair, you know. I mean, right. that's the one thing I don't, but there's so many, I don't, it's, it's hard to describe it, and I don't, you know, it's just, it's a tough, tough industry to get into. But if your heart wants it enough and you keep digging, I mean, sky's the limit. Don't anything you want to do. Yeah. My opinion. Well, the, the, one of the big topics of last week's episode was that idea of like having fun in order to keep hunting hard. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what you were kind of alluding to. Like, dude, there's times in the middle of the season where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just go out and just have a ball. Like, I'm taking this way too serious. Sure, I'm not going to do it on my number one property, but I'm going to go out and I'm just going to try to spot and stalk my recurve. Like, yeah. and just have fun. And what There's that does, different. yeah, like, sure, it burns a day of, of serious hunting, but it gets me back in the game mentally. It gets me back in the game physically, emotionally, and, and you're... And if, you, and if you kill that day, guess it's what? It's even cooler. It's even cooler. Yeah. But guess what? You just got your swag back. Yeah. No, and, that, sure. and, and when you got swag, yeah, you, you got momentum. Yeah. No, I know what you mean, and, dude. And, and the ball rolls more and more because... Anybody that knows me, if I kill once, it's it's a doom to doom. It's doom keep going. Doom. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird how that works. I mean, All the time though. I mean, it, but I mean, but I mean, you look at I mean baseball, basketball, football, anything. I mean, just like Georgia last night, they beat the brakes off TCU. I guess whatever that school was. Yeah. And dude, they had momentum from the start. I don't think they're a school anymore. No, they probably. Shut I think the they shut down, down after <laughs> that. That was <laughs> absolutely. Oh, Bullwinkle probably shut down. After yeah. That. That was bad. But if you're a TCU fan listening, just stop listening here because never mind. Um, <laughs> we apologize. Yeah. We love the state of Texas to hunt in, but that was garbage football. Yeah. Um, we got ripped off on that one. Yeah. Um, Matt, where can they find you at, man? Oh, uh, we're running on Mossy Oak. How do you spell that? Was that two la la laws or three? Okay. Gotcha. Got to keep it plural. Uh, Mossy Oak Go, Carbon. 2023 can't talk 2023 pursuit um hunt channel tv um waypoint tv my outdoor tv live on friday nights at nine o'clock youtube matt jenna's the game and then facebook the game and then i think on instagram is matthew 1990 the game very cool guys go check out uh, Matt, he's killing absolute studs. I mean, obviously, we're looking at 1,200 inches of bone in a year, 13, Close. wherever that comes out to be. we got to do the math, but um, absolutely a pleasure to watch. And uh, I just love your excitement, man. I love the dumb redneck. Like you gotta have You're my favorite redneck. I hope so. And that means, dude, I come from Arkansas. I know a lot of rednecks. That should mean a lot to I you. Meant, I meant... I just, I mean, I am the redneck. I just made my entire graduating class mad, but you are my favorite <laughs> redneck. Guys, go check out Matt. Before we go, I got to give a shout out to my friends over at Boning. Everybody is familiar with the Blazer Vein, um, but they also have some incredible Fredbear branded products with their Fredbear camo wraps, their Fredbear flannel wraps. I have this deep addiction of building my own arrows. I have an entire arrow building shop now. 
uh, and it's awesome. I love it. Um, I call it the dojo. But anyways, um, boning has all of the stuff you need to build your own arrows from from jigs um, to the components to build your arrows with the feathers and the veins and the, the if you're cresting your own arrows, all of the stuff you need. Um, I personally this last year switched to a three-inch Bronco, Bronco with a four-fletch, and I've absolutely loved that arrow. But guys, go check out boning for all of your arrow building needs. And again, if you're at ATA, come find me and Matt. We'd like to hang out and chat with you for a bit. But guys, thanks for listening. Y'all have a great week.